Good morning. Chris losing my notes could set us on a very bad path. I could be here all morning, and then so could you. Have you ever had an idea kind of planted in your head and you decided maybe you should do something about it, but you kind of ignored it? And darn it, it just kept growing. And then you find yourself up here in front of all of you. Well, I approached um, Chris initially and I said, I wrote in an email, I'm as nervous as a cat as I'm writing this. I was trying to get him to say, nah, you don't want to be up there. It didn't work. Anyway, I was uh, innocently sitting in my seat out there like you are one Sunday, it was August 13th to be exact, and Chris was quoting Leo Tolstoy, and he, he gave this quote. He said, I may walk like a drunkard on the path to God from left to right, but don't doubt the path. Just help me walk along it better. And I wanted to jump up and say, that's Stephen Ministry. That's what Stephen ministers do. We're trained to walk along with people through the tough parts of their life. And there are tough parts, aren't there? Have you all had them? Is there anybody that hasn't? Darn, I'm still waiting to meet one. Well, tough parts can take all kinds of different forms. It can be a failed or even a strained relationship. Could be loss of a loved one, loss of a job. It could be a medical condition, medical diagnosis. Could be a child leaving home. Could be to kindergarten, or it could be out of the house permanently. Could be a move or relocation like I had. That threw me for a little while. But our society doesn't seem to value when we have neediness, when we show our emotions, does it? We're supposed to be strong, individual, have self-worth. And I was doing that really well. I had moved out of the house, I had gotten my first job, I got married, I was on my own, I didn't have a church family anymore, but that was okay, I was good. Yeah, I had kind of wandered from my spiritual life, but God was there somewhere. And then those simple events that happen every day that you don't expect, but they just, they plant another seed. I was going into a store, actually I was in the store, had already shopped, and I had one of my children with me, and I had the baby carrier in one arm, and you know how they call the babies peanuts often? They're cute, small. Yeah, mine was never called peanut. Mine was ham bone. <laughs> so I had ham bone in one arm, and in the other I had the diaper bag, my purse, my keys, my shopping bags, and who knows what else, and I go to leave the store, and it's not an automatic door. I'm a wide load and I cannot get out and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm either going to lose ham bone or my dignity or both. But as I approach the door, sweating it a little, this person comes up and they say, can I help you? And what do you think my first inclination was to say? I got it. I'm good. And I thought, I got it. I'm good. I'm not good. Please, yes, please help me. 
And I realized in that moment, through this person's face, looking at them in the eyes, as we look at one another in the eyes and we see Jesus looking back at us, this person was extending a kindness, a graciousness, that I could either say, I got it, or I could say, thank you, I need the help. And in that moment, we were a double blessing. This person's kindness was being showered on me, and yet I could return in kind by saying, thank you, thank you. Whether we're offering help or accepting it, we can do so as the hands and the feet, the body, the church. We can do that in Christ. The church is us Christians, not the building. And at the time of Jesus, and for quite a while thereafter, there was no church building. It was these disciples setting out, going forth away from their homes, spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. But where did they stay? Motel 6 wasn't there yet. McDonald's wasn't there. They couldn't eat. They had to rely upon the goodness of others. So not only were they going out and spreading the good news, giving a blessing, but they were receiving one as well. Receiving into a person's home. Receiving food. A double blessing again. As Christians, we're supposed to put our faith in action. That's what Chris has been telling us. That's what got me up here. We're supposed to listen for the, the word of God. Look around, see where God's in action, and then actively join in as the hands and the feet of Jesus. God calls us to action, and he gives us a lot of encouragement along the way. And the encouragement comes often from each other, from us, the church. Let's turn now to a story in the Bible. It's of Paul and Silas. It's in Acts. And they're in prison. They've been out sharing the good news of God. And they find themselves in a not-so-good situation. They seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. In this story at the beginning, Paul and Silas had been out spreading the good news of God, and they're taken into the marketplace where we're told that they're slandered, stripped, beaten, and jailed. Let's break those down just a moment. Slandered. Their good names are being dragged through the mud. Lies are being told about them. 
Then they're stripped down in the marketplace. That would be embarrassing. Then they're beaten. You know, you've seen the TV shows or the horror shows or who knows what shows are on, but someone's laying there and they're just brutally being kicked or their arms are tied above their heads as they're hanging there and someone's just walloping on them. What's your inclination? I flinch or I look away. Sometimes I change the channel. But Paul and Silas had this happening to them. Their bodies were being bruised and bloodied and beaten. They could have had broken bones. They couldn't change the channel. And then, if that weren't all bad enough, they were then jailed, thrown into a dark, dank, foul-smelling jail. How do you think they would have felt? I wouldn't have felt too good. In fact, I think I would have been mad or sad, not joyful. And they certainly could have questioned God, God's motive. Why did he send me on this trip? Why are we doing this? They could have given up. But they had one another, strengthening one another, motivating one another. And there they were, we're told, in the dark, in the middle of the night, on the cold, hard, soiled floor, singing songs of God's goodness. God's goodness. They were still praising God. They were still witnessing, and the others were listening to them. They were still shining a light. They were leaning on one another through the storm that was in front of them. Speaking of storms, I had already passed, um, picked out this passage reading before I had a house guest. I think all of you did too. Her name's Hurricane Irma. I was happy when she left. But I realized that in my preparation, and this was my first hurricane, um, it really made me question my faith, my own faith, and my outlook. Maybe it did yours too. I was in my house and we stayed put and we had put plywood over all the doors and windows and after the storm that early that next morning we ventured out, my family and I. We didn't know what we were going to find out there. So we glanced at our house. It seemed good. Looked at our neighbors. That's good. Looked at the other neighbors. That's good. Wow, this is great. Now maybe you weren't so lucky. And if that's the case, I'm sorry. But I realized that this, this stress, this anxiety that I didn't realize I had started to just flow out of me and I started to tremble. I looked around and there was my family. They were okay. I went inside and I started to text and get on Facebook to tell family and friends there were too many contacting me to contact one by one, but just to say we're good. And I wanted to say as I started those texts, God is good. We're blessed. And I realized all that's true. But would I feel the same way if my family and I were alive? but we were 
beaten and battered and bruised from the storm? I, uh, things are easy when things are good, but they're not so easy when things get tough. And so I stopped from writing that, and I wondered if we showed up here at church the following Sunday, and we all gathered, and the building was gone. Would we be singing God's praises? Would we be witnessing to the rest of the community that God is good? We are blessed? Again, I wasn't so sure. During my contemplation, I was reminded of this reading of Paul and Silas, and I had to question my level of faith. Am I a fair-weather Christian? When the going's good, am I all for it? And when the going gets tough, do I give up? It's hard to know how we're going to respond. But we get to determine the amount of joy that we experience from God. Whether it's through the good times or the bad times, we determine how we respond. And we can respond with that joy, with that faith. In this reading of Paul and Silas and in our personal experience of hurricane preparation, we hear stories of people in community. And it's often easier to go through tough times when we have someone there with us, isn't it? Somebody to share the sadness, the anxiety, the anger, all these mixed emotions, and even the joy. When we experience joy, we want to share that, don't we? It makes it that much sweeter. What happened in the days leading up to Hurricane Irma? Were you all busy? Were you doing what you normally do? No. We were trying to figure out how we find plywood, how to put it up, how to fit it in our windows. Everybody got busy. My neighborhood Facebook page went from think really important things, like some people critiquing other people's driving skills, and whether or not we should allow toys in the community pool. Those were some hot topics prior to the storm. When the storm came in, suddenly everything changed. Do you know where we can fly, find plywood? Anybody know how to hang these things, these shutters? Anybody got any extra wing nuts? Hey, what are these metal posts in my garage? We started sharing. And I realized, as I'm cutting plywood out in the front, Two neighbors that live three doors down from one another, and we're kind of in the middle, they met in our driveway, and they met for the very first time. They've lived there each for five years or longer. The storm brought people together in a good way. And we all had a common purpose, a common goal at that time, didn't we? This storm was coming. We could watch it on the screen. It was imminent, and we had to get ready. And what if we thought about the kingdom of God the same way? The kingdom of God is ready to come sweeping in on us, and we've got to be ready. What would we be doing? How would we be preparing? God wants to use each of us in some way. 
And Stephen ministry is one of the ways in which he uses some of us. We've each felt a call to do something, to put our love, put our faith into action. For those of you who are Stephen ministers, past or present, would you stand up for just a moment? Thank you all. In 1 John 3.18, it says, Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And God has called these people to put that into action. Now, I'd like to say that we all know what we're doing. We're going with it, but we're there. And often what's needed is just a listening ear, a word of encouragement. The price is right. It's free, free to you, free to the community. The church helps pay for all our material costs, but we uh, volunteer our time. It's confidential. It's one-on-one. -on -one. Your good name isn't going to be dragged through the mud like Paul and Silas experienced. We have training initially and then ongoing. We are taught how to listen better, how to remain non-judgmental, how to maintain that confidentiality how to ask open-ended questions, and mostly how to, how to be your anchor in your storm. Stephen ministers are ready to step in to help you because Pastor Chris is great. <laughs> He's our superman, but we're kind of overpowering. We have 500, 700 people. After Hurricane Irma, I saw him, and he looked a little tired. He, he wasn't quite smiling as bright. So he wears out, too, and, and we're there to help. And even if you have a spouse or a close friend, Stephen Ministry can still be a great option, and here's why. Anytime I want to share a problem that I have with my spouse or my close friend, I immediately get words of mm, how to fix me, how to fix the problem, how to fix me. I get, you should, you just gotta, and I don't know about you, but I have completely turned them off. I don't want to hear it. I want somebody to listen. I want somebody to just encourage me. I'm, I'm thinking out loud, and I, I need them to be there to listen. And that's what Stephen Ministry does. We're process-oriented. We're not results-driven. And all that means is we're there to listen to you. We're there to encourage you. And you already have the answers that's best for you. It's just in the middle of that storm, you can't always think straight. You need somebody there to help encourage, help you focus. So how does Stephen Ministry work? Well, you can fill out a prayer request card, and there where it says request to Stephen Minister, you can put a check mark, you can put your name on that card, and you can put it either in the offering plate or these baskets, and we'll get it. 
or you can contact the Parish United Methodist Church website, and at the bottom right of that, you can't see it on here, but it says request a Stephen minister, and you can click on that, and you can fill that out. That'll get you there, too, or this is Elaine Weir. She's one of our leaders, and she's the one that helps to patch a Stephen minister up with a person asking for some assistance. You can see our new banners. We have a confidential care line. Those are all ways that you can get a hold of us. Elaine often will talk with you to understand the need and to explain kind of our process. And then you're paired with a Stephen minister who will contact you within a day or two. And we just, we pick a place to meet. We meet for maybe an hour or so a week. More if you need it, less if you don't. And we're there to listen, to help, to encourage. We're Christ-focused. We may offer prayers or Bible verses or devotions if you're ready for that. And if you're not, that's okay. We'll be praying for you. Stephen ministers too, just like this double blessing of me and my ham bone trying to get out the door. We have a double blessing because when we get to know you and go through a problem or a storm with you, we get a blessing too. We get to see you grow in your faith. Ours grows. We're so blessed to know each of you. In addition to these one-on-one -on -one meetings um, with our care receivers, we also lead other ministries in the church like hospital visitations. If you or a loved one are in the hospital, we'd love to reach out to you. We can pray with you. We can just be there. We can see how you're going. Maybe your family member needs a care, um, a Stephen minister at that point. If you've missed three weeks of worship service or more, we're going to call you up. Not to say, where have you been? But to say, are you doing okay? We miss you. You're part of our community. We lead Grief Share, which is a 13-week um, session for those who have lost a loved one. We meet and just share the challenges of grieving that loss and honoring the person that we lost. We have a night to remember, which is coming up in November. Um, it's a chance to meet together, have a community meal, and pay tribute, honor that person that you've lost. And we, part oh, we have a resource library too. You might have seen our card out there. We have different resources from Stephen Ministry, different books, and you can either borrow a book you can purchase a book if you like. That's open to you. God calls you, God has called me, to action. And it's up to us to go for it. So if you or a loved one needs help, if you need a Stephen minister, ask us. We're here to walk with you. Maybe you feel God calling you to become a Stephen minister. Great! Come on down. We're ready for you to join us. Maybe God's called you already or is going to call you to walk along with someone who's going through a struggle in life. And it's not easy walking along with them. Let us know. We can offer you resources. 
We can offer encouragement. We're in it together. It's easy to have faith, to praise and to thank God when the going is good. But when the storms of life hit, it's not so easy. But God gives us this wonderful church family to help us weather the storms. And Stephen Ministry is a resource open to you and the community to help weather those storms. With our main focus be keeping our eye on Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.